Hey everyone, Alex here, bringing you another episode of Standing Under the Word. This week, I get to bring you a sermon from Pastor Dana that is on one of my favorite verses from Scripture, and one of Dana's too. It's from the book of Micah, who was one of the lesser-known prophets of the Old Testament. And in this particular text, Micah 6, um, the prophet is taking on the voice of God and the people of Israel. And there has been a break in their relationship. And the people of Israel say, what should we do to repair it? Should we sacrifice this, offer you that? And in response, God says, you already know what I want. It's for you to do justice, love mercy, and walk humbly with God. And it's a beautiful reminder for us. And Dana does a great job of painting a picture of what that might look like in our fraught times. So in just a moment, you'll hear one of our deacons, Christy, read that scripture for you. And then you'll hear Dana's sermon. Here's Christy. Good morning. Today's scripture reading is from Micah chapter 6, verses 1 through 8. Hear what the Lord says. Rise, plead your case before the mountains, and let the heels Hills, hear your voice. Hear, you mountains, the controversy of the Lord, and you enduring foundations of the earth, for the Lord has a controversy with his people, and he will contend with Israel. Oh, my people, what have I done to you? And what have I wearied you? Answer me, for I brought you up from the land of Egypt and redeemed you from the house of slavery. And I sent before you Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, O my people, remember now what King Balak of Moab devised, what Balaam, son of Beor, answered him, and what happened from Shatim to Gilgal, that you may know the saving acts of the Lord. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with tens of thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. The word of God for the people of God. Friends, would you pray with me? Good and holy God, bless the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts that they might be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So, something you need to know about me is that I love a good checklist. I have to-do lists everywhere. They're in my car, they're in my wallet, they're on my desk, they're on my kitchen counter. I have a checklist for the grocery store, for all my church tasks. I have checklists for my kids. I even have a checklist for all the things I hope to do over the upcoming February school break. So when I get something done, I immediately go find one of my lists and check it off with a feeling of great satisfaction. And if I happen to do something that I didn't put on a list, I go and I write it on the list and then I check it off because I need to feel that sense of accomplishment. That's just a little bit of insight into this crazy brain of mine. But the Israelites, they had their own checklist, right? 
They wanted to know, what does the Lord require? What does the Lord demand of us? What do I need to do to make God happy? So the Israelites have their list. Does God want our burnt offerings? Does God want calves a year old? Does God want a thousand rams? Does God want rivers of oil? Does God want my firstborn child? This list that they have might seem random and archaic to us, but what we see in this list of what they're imagining as God's demands is the influences of the tribal culture on Israel's religion. What we see here is the impact of others around them and the belief and the mindset seeping in that God wants your stuff and God wants your important stuff. And if you bring what's really valuable to God, you will please God and then God will turn around and bless you. Now this mindset, this theology, you could find it today, turn on the TV and see it on some televangelists, or you can go to some churches and you could experience that kind of theology. But what is important is what comes next, is in God's response. God responds by saying, what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? God doesn't want your rams, your lambs, or your oil. God wants you. Faith isn't a set of demands. Faith is how you choose to live. Faith is about a lived experience with God. It's choosing to do the next right thing. Faith is making the choice to live in love, just like we heard Jen talking with our kids. Faith is a choice. Faith is choosing peace, and we know that peace can't come without justice. Faith is choosing love, and we know that there's no love without kindness. Faith is choosing humility, which means not thinking more of ourselves or less of ourselves. Faith is about walking with God. The Franciscan priest and theologian Richard Rohr often gets asked by people, how long should I pray? And he tells them, you should pray until you get to yes. So often, we wake up in the morning and we start with no. No, I don't want to deal with this day. No, I don't want to deal with my kids. I don't want to deal with the bus stop. No, I don't want to deal with the conflict at work. No, I don't want to deal with my spouse. No, I don't want to deal with my health issues. No. And Richard Rohr says, pray until you get to a place of yes. Yes to God's grace. Yes to love. Yes to kindness. So often, we are in a place of no. We're in a place of scarcity. We're in a place of small-minded thinking. We're in a place of false ideas that there's not enough money or love or resources or power to go around. So often, we could find ourselves trapped in our own sense of pettiness or anger or frustration or bitterness or grudges, and those places keep us small and constricted. But when we open ourselves up to God's yes, 
We let grace flow through us. We let love flow through us. It's not something we need to generate ourselves. It's God's grace and God's love that can flow through us. That is God's yes. We say yes to God ushering in more justice, more kindness, more humility in our life and in our world. The great preacher Tom Long talks about how kindness is not the same as niceness. At least God's kindness, right, is not the same as niceness because being nice is pretty easy. We could say hello, we can open a door for people. It doesn't require much of us, but God's kindness is an act of civil disobedience, he says. It resists the status quo of the day. And Tom Long tells the story of going to a fast food restaurant and seeing a disheveled man slumped over a table sitting in the corner. And then he witnesses the manager head over to the disheveled man. And Tom Long says he knows that the manager is going over to kick him out. But then he notices that the manager has in his hand a plate full of food that he sets down before the man. And then the manager goes back and gets a cup of coffee and puts it down. And Tom Long says that it's as if for one moment the manager allowed the world to be reimagined and re-envisioned through God's eyes. It was as if for a moment they were dwelling in God's realm where the manager said, in a few minutes, I'm going to have to do my job and kick you out. But right now, I say yes to seeing myself and seeing you through God's grace, through God's eyes, through who we are fully becoming in God's future. So welcome to the feast, brother. Welcome to the feast. That is God's yes in our life. God's yes. What does God require of you but to do justice? to love kindness, to walk humbly with your God. Kindness is disobeying the rules of this world. Kindness is ushering in and welcoming in God's yes to your life and to the people around you. This one verse in Micah changed everything. It changed that relationship between God and God's people. All of a sudden, God is not this transactional force. God is a transformational force. God doesn't want your list of accomplishments. God doesn't want your lands or your rams or your oil. God wants you. God wants you to make a choice to do the next right thing, to say yes to kindness, to humility, to love. So friends, in this week that is coming, in this week in which you'll have many moments to make decisions and choices about who you are called to be, I pray that you are open to proclaiming a bold yes to the ways that God is transforming you and me, this church and the world around us, so that there's more love, more kindness, more justice, and more humility. Won't the church say amen? amen.